Good morning, Sun Valley Church, and welcome back to The Voice of the Valley. I'm your host, Jeremy Pinch. And across the table, I have pastor and recently appointed elder, Rick Wimmer. Wow. <laughs> I don't know why I went there, it, but It I, does feel I different. It feels different in here. Does it? First time does recording feel, as an elder. Does it feel colder? Yeah, I was going to say, actually, yes, because you didn't turn the heater on beforehand. So, just testing yeah. my long-suffering. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're doing good so far, so. <laughs> Rick, you're here to talk about family worship, and you recently just had a class uh, in the worship class. Yes. That we're doing for Sunday seminars. What is family worship? And where do we get it from? Oh, so we're just diving right we're, into it. We're go- yeah, I'm not even going to ask you how you are. We're okay. just we're just going. Well, we're I'm going cold, and yeah. and we're diving into it. So, family <laughs> worship that is an important subject, um, and one which, through trial and error, lots of error, um, I've come to realize that I I, I grossly over complicated in <laughs> in the past. In preparing for that class, um, I came across a a whole. Tw- 12-week work, family worship workshop that we had done um, several years ago, probably five or six years ago. And looking back on it now, in light of what I just taught in one Sunday, I thought, man, we were we were overshooting in a big way here. Um, and there's a lot of misunderstanding about family worship. So I think the question is a really good one. So what is it? Um, basically, there's three elements um, that in church history and in this modern resurgence of family worship have really been identified as what family worship is. It's, it's reading the Bible together as a family, singing to the Lord together, and praying together. Hmm. So that's family worship. It's different from family devotions. Um, a lot of families grew up with family devotions, which is maybe reading a devotional together um, around the dinner table or something. That's super good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's important. But family worship is the conscious, um, intentional coming together as a family before the Lord to worship Him by reading His Word, singing to Him, and praying. Okay. And um, and did you, did you ask where it came from? Yeah, where, where did it come from? Um, I would is say it, it came it, from God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. We, we do not invent worship. So <laughs> it came from God. Um, there, now, I'd love to back that up um, in Scripture. Uh, well, so at the heart of, of the Christian religion, um, beginning with Israel, yeah. God's people, um, we have what's called the Shema. And that's those famous words in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And faithful yeah. Jews today will still recite that twice a day. Hmm. Um, and so this has always been at the heart of, of the Christian religion. And I'm, and I'm including the Jewish religion, which is fulfilled by Christ, right? And, and so these are his people. So wherever the one true God through Christ has called his people to himself from Genesis through Revelation, um, the one, the oneness and the glory of God has been at the heart of it. So yeah. we are, that is to say, we are God-centered as a people. Now, where does he go with that? Uh, he says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Okay. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. So God wants each of his people 
to be centered on him and he wants to be the, he wants them to live their lives before him yeah. always yeah. and having established that he then translates in, that into what it looks like um, in the family and he says you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates mm. so the the one true god is the center of the homes of his people from morning to night and everywhere in between and if that's true and it is because i just read it from the text (laughs) then how could families not worship together by reading his word and responding to him um and and just to be clear family worship that that 10 minutes or so a day of reading praying and singing together that does not fulfill Deuteronomy 6 and the mandate, um, which Paul looks back on and then says in the New Testament, fathers do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and admonition of the Lord. Hmm. Okay, that, that family worship doesn't fulfill that, but family worship is certainly necessary in it. Mm-hmm. And we could argue from these texts that where a family does not worship together, the discipleship of the family is not happening hmm. because the fundamental discipleship activity of God's people is worship. Mm-hmm. Uh, Psalm 78 is another text that came to mind where he says, we shall, we shall not hide these things, what we have heard and known, what our fathers have told us. We shall not hide these things from their children, but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders he has done. Mm-hmm. And so where... Where is this being declared as a family, if not in worship together? Mm-hmm. So that's, um, that's in essence where we get it from. Yeah. God calls us to it in his word. So when we, when we think about Deuteronomy 6, uh, we're to teach our children when we rise, when we walk, when we go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And, and that can really include anything if we're teaching them about God, right? Oh, absolutely. So, well, and it has to. Yeah, and recently, so I, I just took up my family up on a hike recently, mm-hmm. and in, during that time, it was great, and we had we had fun, and but we were just looking out and just guys, look at look what God has created. Yeah, and that's those are just simple ways of of fulfilling Deuteronomy six, is it not? Just to look at, you know, not necessarily creation, but just sure, you know, this is what what God has done. Um, well, all of all of the universe, the the cosmos, are Christ centered, right? right? They're right. all made through Him, and Paul says um, they all exist through Him and for Him. Right. And if that's the case, then then does it make any sense whatsoever to separate anything, mm-hmm. whether it's um, the study of nature? Um, you took a geology course recently, I did. and and I did. you and what and you were telling me how incredibly different it is to see those things from a biblical viewpoint that makes sense of what you're looking at. Um, God is the God who's communicated to us through language. So the study of language, all of it is to be brought under the Lordship of Christ. Right. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Right. Yeah. And and family worship takes that informal process and it brings it uh, of just going through life together with Christ at the center, yeah. uh, as mundane as it is. I mean, how mundane is it just to say, guys, look what God has made, you yeah. know? And yet, what a profound impact, moment by moment, over the course of 
18 years Mm -hmm. in a child's life that's going to make in helping them see that they live before the face of God. Mm -hmm. And family worship day by day kind of brings that to its fitting end and conclusion or beginning. I mean, if it, if you have worship in the morning as a family, um, it formalizes those things Mm -hmm. and it, it kind of really is the logical, uh, wrapping up of all these things in Christ as we respond to him together in praise. So family, family worship is, is difficult for me. Um, I, I, I grew up in a home where this didn't take place and, and no offense to my parents, you know, sure. no, nothing to them, but we just, we never had family worship. And so this is a relatively new idea for for me personally. Mm-hmm, right. What would be your encouragement to those who are who are like me who who find it difficult just to get started? You know, how do you even get started with with family worship? Yeah, and and we're in a time when so many families are just getting started in it because I think there were some generations there in in the mainstream evangelical church that just weren't taught. Mm-hmm. to do family worship mm-hmm. in the sense that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of became a lost spiritual discipline, as central as it is. Um, and so in getting started, um, keeping the simplicity of what this is in mind mm-hmm. is is a great encouragement. We can, re- we can remember, read, sing, and pray. And, um, you know, like Don Whitney down at Southern Seminary pointed out in some of the stuff he's talked about or written with family mm-hmm. worship, you don't, that doesn't really take much preparation. And so, you know, so, so a dad can sit down with his family and open up to the next chapter of the Bible and read it and then say, does anyone have a song they would love for us to sing to the Lord tonight? And then we sing it and we pray, mm-hmm. pray maybe something that came from the text mm-hmm. or something that, that the family knows, uh, you know, some family friends are facing right now mm-hmm. or the persecuted church. Those types of things. That that's a great encouragement mm-hmm. is to just keep keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead. <laughs> no, it, no, I know what you're thinking. Yeah, I know. I know what you're. I know you know what I'm thinking. <laughs> keep it simple, stupid. It hurts every time, but it's great advice. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a that's an office quote. If uh, oh man, if, if you. Um, what other encouragement, you know, there, there are moms who are believers whose husbands aren't. Yeah. My encouragement would be to be a faithful mom. And as you're able, lead your kids in worship to the Lord, Mm -hmm. pray for your husband and, and trust the Lord for his timing and his work. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, my, my father-in-law didn't become a believer till my wife was a teenager, but her mom became a believer when she was when my wife was just around born (laughs) and so my wife so much influence from a godly mom quietly and graciously loving her husband and and her family um without being pushy Hmm. and that's that would that's an encouragement Hmm. um, because this doesn't have to be the picture perfect family and even if you have the quote picture perfect family, um, whatever that means, uh, <laughs> then there's no such thing as picture perfect family worship yeah. because it's just chaos. Yeah. There's a sign in my living room that says "Welcome to our family circus," yeah. <laughs> and then um, that's what in the younger years when I was grossly overestimating what this is supposed to be, um, that's what I came to refer to family worship as. Okay. This, this is our family circus. <laughs> 
man, is anything happening? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, well, this is, this is the next question that I have for you. It feels like every time we do family worship, it is chaos. Yeah. It, it's, it's just chaos. Charlie's jumping off the couch. <laughs> Amelia's screaming in, or Sawyer's screaming in yeah. Amelia's face. I mean, Katie's falling asleep. <laughs> I'm getting angry with Katie and the kids. And it just seems like it's, it's chaos. Yeah. Um, what is, what's your encouragement to, to us as families, um, who find family worship difficult? I guess what, is it worth it? Is it worth doing this? Yeah. Yes. 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 It is worth God. it. God. God. Yes. God. God started it. <laughs> it's worth it. Um, and and the reason it's worth it is because it's always worth it. To well, because He's worth it. That's the. I mean, really, theologically, just to be profound for just a moment, <laughs> He's worth it. Mm-hmm. And so we we do it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I'm trying to more and more. I'm having conversations with my kids about when they're talking about not feeling like reading their Bible or praying. That's just my question: Is is he worth it? Um, like I know that you don't feel that way because you're human. Guess mm-hmm. what? Dad doesn't feel that way a lot of times. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, uh, why do we do this? It's not because we were just trying to check something off a list. Mm-hmm. Legalism never motivated anybody. But the worth of Jesus and the glory of God—that's the only motivation that will sustain you for a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Whether it's on the mission field, or in your vocation, or in family worship. Uh, because you're right, it's hard, and it would just be a lot easier not to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we realize that these 10 minutes God is using, and in using in ways that we don't see, then it becomes worth it, because we're taking God at his word. Right. Um, you know, like Don Whitney pointed out um, when he was talking about family worship, is the Bible says that we're growing oaks of righteousness. And an oak doesn't become an oak through some miraculous, you know, weather event. Yeah. It's just the day in and day out, sun shining, rain coming, clouds covering thing as it grows up. And day to day, the growth is imperceptible. But over the long term, you see exactly what God is up to. Mm-hmm. As as kids start to have a devotion that they wouldn't have otherwise. Mm. And, they, and they just take you by surprise one day. And you're like, um, where did that come from? <laughs> well, it came from all the times that they were jumping off the couch. Yeah. And you thought, nobody's listening. Yeah. You know, and, but there's some practical advice there too. There's some steps that we can take. Em- embracing the fact of family chaos doesn't mean abandoning the family to chaos, yeah. right? And so there's like, I'm constantly telling my kids, sit up on your butt we are before God, mm-hmm. you know, because inevitably when mm-hmm. a kid's sitting on the ground, it's just so much more fun to flop back on the floor. Yeah. Well, that's okay. We're not going to discipline them for flopping unless it's clear that they're being belligerent right. about it. But just the gentle reminder, sit up. Who is God? He's holy. We are going to worship him. No, put down the toys. We don't bring toys to family worship. Yeah. We're going to have enough distraction just because we're trying to sit in a circle and worship the Lord for 10 minutes. Yeah. And you all are people. Yeah. And I'm a person. Yeah. Um, we're going to have that. But, but we do, here's some things we don't do. We don't bring toys. Um, we're going to try to honor the word by listening. Um, Dad's going to ask you one question after the reading about what stood out to you. Or raise your hand every time you hear the word 
the spirit, you know, so the Lord is the spirit. Wait, what? Oh, because, you know, it helps him engage. And so there's these little things that you can do, but it's almost always going to be an inglorious experience, even though God's glory is happening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think if we, we expand this out from the family into the church, Rick, I know that we've had these conversations of, you know, the times that we've taught the students and how many times we just look at their faces and it just seems like, are are they even listening? Like, are they even taking anything in? <laughs> yeah. Um, but then you have these conversations with them. It's like, we don't know what's actually taking place in their yeah. hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, but but God is the one doing the work, not not us. Right. Um, and that's the difficult part, especially for me in this in this family worship setting. Mm-hmm. Is like. I get so distracted by the distractions that I don't actually realize that God actually may be doing a work beyond my will of yeah. how I'd want things to be done. And if it's spiritual work of sanctification, of salvation, then it's going to be done in the way that spiritual work is done, which is we don't see it yeah. with our eyes. Usually its effects are felt in the long term. But I mean, yeah. look at, you know, we have these expectations of of spectacular spiritual heroics like like Elijah with the Baals uh, yeah. with the Baal prophets yeah. you know and and that mountaintop experience ending with the death of 400 prophets and then the next day he's running from a woman who threatened his life yeah. and he wants to die in the desert yeah. uh, and the Lord's like take a nap you need you desperately need to sleep sleep deprivation is not good for anybody yeah. and <laughs> how often do we come to family worship in the early years sleep deprived yeah. simply because of the fact that there's young kids in the house yeah. um, but what does James say he says Elijah was a man with a nature like ours and he prayed hmm. and look what the Lord did it didn't rain for three years hmm. so that's just it's how God works um, he's built into it, the whole thing, this rhythm of faith, where if we didn't believe in the Bible mm-hmm. being the infallible word of God, we would have stopped all this years ago. Right. Because the only way to move forward is taking it on faith. Mm-hmm. And actually, I something my wife showed me something, a quote, um, I think from a recent sermon that Doug Wilson had preached, uh, his church has a lot of young families, just like ours does, mm-hmm. and they're just one state over. You know, it's not a mega church, just your normal church, mm-hmm. just like ours, um, with normal families whose kids are flopping around and being noisy and have to go out of the service. And and he, something that he said that, that was so impactful, um, and I just want to go on record as communicating it. And so I'm quoting here because we have so many families that need to hear this because these are dis- these can be discouraging times. Sure. Um, and I know I've fallen prey to the discouragement that, yeah. uh, you know, what would worship look like in my life if my kids weren't interrupting me, yeah. you know, or whatever yeah. in the mornings? Yeah. Well, he says, many of you are here as parents of little ones, and in some cases, many little ones. For you, the worship of the Lord is a far more arduous task than it is for the rest of us. All of us are engaged in the work of worshiping the Lord, but you are carrying young ones in your arms as you perform the same labor that we do. The work includes great things like keeping everyone in fellowship throughout the whole service and trivial things like finding your place in the Psalter. The work is daunting, and it is sometimes easy to forget why you are doing it. There are three things for you to keep in mind as you continue. The first is that while you sometimes need to be reminded why you're doing this, God knows exactly why you are doing it. Hmm. Do not grow weary in doing good. 
God sees, and your labor in the Lord will bear good fruit. Your labor is before the Lord. He sees and he rejoices. When you need to be reminded, there is one who can always remind you. You are here with your little ones because God calls you to worship him together with all the children he has given you. This means, secondly, that God receives as true worship every distracted shush, every drop hymnal, and every time you have to take your child out to have a little word with him. You are not taken away from true worship by these things, but farther into true worship than most of us are privileged to go. If Christian discipleship consists of, quote, my life for yours, what is worshiping with four to seven little ones? Third, do not think of this time as the time of distraction, but rather as a time of fruitful planting, and trust God to be kind. He will bestow a time of fruitful harvest. The sun is hot and the soil is hard, but it will come back to you 30, 60, and 100 fold. Mm. And as true as that is for corporate worship, it's true for family worship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think about I think about all the people in church history that have I mean, not all of them, but those who've who've done great things that we look up to. Yeah. And where it started was with the family. Yes. You know. Mm-hmm. You know. I think of John Newton and his his godly mother. You think of John Payton and his godly father, and how they just faithfully chipped away. Yeah. And it wasn't anything spectacular. It right. wasn't like they were, you know, these super saints. They were just faithful parents. Yeah. Teaching their children. And, and what is it that's crumbling? What, like, what's at the head of every social crisis in America? And, and I, by social crisis, I mean spiritual crises. Yeah. We're not talking politics just because these issues make it into political debates. Marriage, mm-hmm. the family, beginning at the level of conception, mm-hmm. which is why abortion is such a crisis. Sa- Satan is assaulting the family because that's where God often grows the church yeah. organically. And the power of the mundane faithfulness in that department mm-hmm. shakes the world. Mm-hmm. And and you just named some a few a few examples, and there and probably most of the examples will never have made it into the pages of church history. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yet, when we see in heaven the company of saints, we'll know what the Lord did mm-hmm. through faithful family worship, discipleship. And faithful churches stepping in to help families and yep. to be families to those who are familyless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a good reminder um, for why we do what we do. Because I know most nights I'm like I don't want to do this, and to be honest, <laughs> I skip out on it just yeah. because I am a sinner. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, I, I'm. I did last night because yeah. I miss I mismanaged the time in the evening and yeah. we had just been staying up too late and so tonight it's not like we're gonna have twenty minutes of family worship tonight but we'll pick up again, <laughs> you know yeah. well well kids gonna it's been five this. days because yeah. dad's been extremely sinful so yeah <laughs> go to the bathroom because you're sitting for the next fifty minutes yeah. we're yeah. gonna make up for it no that's not how this works. <laughs> Yeah. Just pick up and start being faithful today. Yeah, Repent where there needs to be repentance. Um, rejoice where there needs to be rejoicing, which there's always reason for that. And right. the Lord's at work. Yeah, He promises. Yeah. And there's uh, there are great resources on, on family worship. I mean, Donald Whitney's book on family worship is like 60, 70 pages, and it's, it's a great resource to have. Um, but we do hope, church, that this is something that we take seriously as a church and um, that we would start 
family worship and pursuing yeah. God as a family. Well, we we have these family worship guides that we give yeah. out to, oh, yeah. to each family in some seminars. You, you forgot about it because, about sir, that. you don't use it. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know the guy who puts them together, so... Uh. I know. So with that being said, no, and, the, and the thing is, without actually looking at what that is, that can seem daunting, and I don't want it to be. So I'm going right. on record... You know, like I did in Sunday seminar the other day, but this one's a recorded record. Yeah, that that that's not meant to be used the way I used to use it yeah. with two year olds, which is going from front to back. That's disaster. That's yeah. where the family circus comes from. Yeah. It shouldn't happen. It's just a toolbox yeah. um, meant to help. So some some nights the prayer might be the prayer to confession, and that's it. And there's some suggestions for how to do that in there. Some nights the scripture reading is um, the fighter verse. We spend some more time on it. Yeah. I mean. That these things are so fluid, but the three elements are always present. Read, sing, and pray. Use it in a way that'll be helpful, or don't use it at all, but still do those three things. Mm-hmm. And so, um, God's not a God of legalism, yeah. and he gives us everything we need in order to do this that he's called us to. Yeah. So, Amen. Yeah. Well, thanks, Rick, for, for coming in and, and talking on such an important subject. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for putting it on the docket. (laughs) Church, we love you. We look forward to being with you this Sunday and next week on The Voice of the Valley. Have a great day.